Hello and welcome to the Weekend Booktopian, the podcast where a few booktopians get together each week to talk book news, share what they've been reading lately, and then face off in a deathly round of book trivia. Um, I'm Olivia Frico, Senior Content Producer and Editor of the Booktopian blog, and I'm delighted to be your host again this week. Uh, joining me today is Category Manager for Fiction. Hi, Hannah. Hi. And we've got Zia K. Ruse, Executive Assistant to the CEO and Chief Fungineer. Hi, Zia. <laughs> Hi. And we also have Eden Samuel, Assistant Category Manager for Kids and YA. Hi, Eden. Hi. Right, so we are in, what, the fourth week of lockdown? Possibly the fifth? I've lost track. 400. 400. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I'm starting to get a bit cabin feverish. I have ordered fancy candles. Mm -hmm. I have surpassed sourdough and gone straight to DIY projects. Um, so I'm going a little crazy. Uh, if Taylor Swift wants to drop another surprise folk album on us, uh, that would be a-okay with me right now. I need some cheering up. How are we all feeling? That's, that's what the difference is this year. No Taylor Swift album. Uh, not till November or whenever. Yeah. Um, I'm probably the only one on this group that has children because um, I'm way older than any of you. But uh, I gave them away this week, literally. Um, so uh, the only thing I'm thankful for in this pandemic, or sort of, is that my ex-husband is works in construction, so now he can take them. I was in tears, <laughs> and the principal of the school called me and actually told me I could send them to school if I need to, <laughs> which is saying a lot. Um, and which I decided not to, and then I they were gone to their dad's for six days, and which I'm actually I walked outside. By my, I just literally woke up, got ready, and stepped outside to have a walk. I could never do that in the last seven years. It's liberating. Liberating, <laughs> guys. Having a, a great time. Oh, this is perfect. Not really, but you know. <laughs> Your kids are very cute, though, so they had and to have a draw. They are. They're adorable. Thank you. And Frida will good home. Frida will good home. <laughs> Okay, let's uh, wrap this talk up quite quickly in case we get accused of, oh, God knows what. Neglect um, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think every parent listening will be like, yes, take mine. <laughs> Look, it's it's so hard and I, I, I value teachers so much. They, the, the, it is like I have teachers, then I have doctors, then I have like teachers at the top right now because it is a god awful job and i don't know how they do it it is i don't know i i my hands down bless teachers and and the work that they do with so many children i like shout out because i couldn't do it and um i'm, I'm failing miserably at it but hey i guess we're all just going to do what we're going to do right now yeah you gotta fail upwards and we're all here for you thank you oh, thank you girls <laughs> Anyway, let's move on to some book news items. It has been a bit of a slow week. Um, I guess the entire book world decided to just lay quiet until the Booker Prize long list gets announced next Tuesday. Uh, but as it is, there have been one or two cool items that have popped up that are worthy of attention. Uh, one of which is Nadi Simpson, uh, the Yuwalre author, composer and playwright, um, has been awarded the 2021 Australian Literature Society Gold Medal. Uh, and that's for her debut novel, Song of the Crocodile, which was published by Hachette. Um, the ALS Gold Medal is an annual award given to an outstanding literary work in the preceding calendar year. 
And it's fantastic to see Nadia Simpson finally take home some gold. She's been a finalist for like several awards like the Stella Prize and Miles Franklin. She's finally come out on top, so that's awesome. Uh, has anyone read this book? Um, I'm not sure if they would have in this group, but um, we talked about it plenty of times on the podcast before. It's on my list of, uh, it's in my wish list because um, it sort of, uh, it ticks a lot of the my uh, book genre um, boxes for me. And so it is on my list of um, things to read this year. I'm, I'm always behind. I'm always six to 12 months behind <laughs> all the, all the, all the uh, books that have come out. So, you know, I still have about six months to get ahead. Yeah, you're yeah, right. <laughs> I, I definitely know what you mean. Um, but I agree, Liv, like with what you were saying, I feel like she was been nominated for literally every award and everyone in the office who's read that book has been like, oh, I really, really hope Nadi Simpson, you know, comes up with a win. So it's good to see her finally take home the gold. Yeah, definitely. Um, she was up against authors like Robbie Arnott, Luke Best, Laura Jean McKay, Ronnie Scott and Ellen Van Nierben, all of whom are amazing. And it's just a really solid shortlist and a really solid win. So congratulations to Nadi. Yay. Um, woohoo. And moving on, we have some news that I'm personally quite thrilled about. Um, the British author Jessie Burton has announced that she will be releasing a sequel to her best-selling debut novel, The Miniaturist. Uh, so Burton will be following in the footsteps of other authors who have released sequels to their best-selling and beloved books. Um, Margaret Atwood comes to mind who released The Testaments in 2019, uh, which was a sequel to The Handmaid's Tale. Um, but this book uh, is called The House of Fortune and it will be published in July of 2022, which is eight years after the release of The Miniaturist. Um, and it will be set 18 years after the events of that first book, um, taking up with young Thea Brandt in 17th century Amsterdam. It's a world of theater and intrigue and the return of the mysterious miniaturist. Um, I loved that book. Um, it was a worldwide bestseller. It was made into a really great TV adaptation. Um, and I've loved just about everything Jesse Burton's ever written. Um, has anyone else read it? Um, no, but it's you always put everything on my list of things to do. I swear, <laughs> you you need you need a commission on the amount of margin that you make Booktopia off the stuff you make me buy. And they're always so good. I'm like, you know, it was just yeah, such I a really weird agree. Book. The best. I just trust. I trust your judgment. Oh, that makes me feel very warm and fun. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's such a weird like piece of historical fiction, like a little bit mystical, a little bit mysterious. It doesn't end in a very like uh, solid way, like in terms of it's very open ended, and you you end up going like what the age Lawrence sons and lovers style, you know. Um. Um, I don't know. It was just like there's a bit of a mystery that's left open ended, um, which kind of adds to the appeal, and it got really into like 17th century politics in Amsterdam like with all the traders and merchants and like it was sad but like intriguing and just I'm really thrilled what's, that she's written a sequel. Yeah what's the actual what's the first book about? Uh, the first book is about a young girl named Nella Ortman who has um, been engaged to marry this rich sugar trader and so she moves to Amsterdam and marries him and She's trying to set up house and establish, you know, her position as, you know, the lady of the house, but she goes up against his sister, 
I think, named Marin, who's a very strange, odd woman in her own right, very like strict and domineering. Um, and so she's, Nella's a bit lost. And so she, when she's out and about shopping, she finds this mysterious shop um, for the miniaturist and orders this dollhouse. Um, I can't quite remember what they're called, but they are um, miniatures, basically. Um, she, so she orders this fantastical dollhouse. It's an exact replica of her house. And then the miniature starts sending her little items for the house that mirror what's happening in her real life and like giving her clues as oh. to the sinister things that are happening around it. It's really creepy, but like not creepy as in like horror. It's more like just intriguing. And she starts thinking like, what does this person know about me? Who is this miniaturist? So yeah, uh, it ended with a lot of questions, but like still a very solid, not solid. Um, it ended like quite definitively, but still quite open-endedly at the same time. So I'm really hoping that uh, the House of Fortune picks up on some of the questions left by the first book. You'd think it would, about 15 years later it might be the, you know, the, the first paragraph, uh, the first chapter would be like, okay, this is where it ended. This is what happened. Now here's the story 18 years later. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, Jesse Burton also has an illustrated feminist retelling of the Medusa myth coming later this year. So that should tide us over oh my until... God. Yeah. Did you... Oh, that it looks amazing. amazing. Yeah, I am so excited. And that's what I thought she was working on this whole time. Because I follow her on Instagram and she's been talking about this grueling draft that she's been working on and like writing furiously. And I'm like, oh, that's a lot of work for an illustrated novel, but that's cool. Turns out she was working on the miniaturist sequel this whole time. I Surprise! Some on you. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, July 2022, The House of Fortune. Jesse Burton fan. Um, Liv, yeah. is, is that is that common? So this is me being a bit asking a very left field question because I'm not directly in the book trade. Is, announcing something so early that's coming out in 10, eight months, is that common? Like, is it to lead up to some, to, to a sequel to a book that was very successful or made into a Netflix series or something, or is this a bit, bit long lead up? Um, well, I guess it's quite normal. Like okay. if you're in the book trade and you're signed up to like books and publishing, you'll see acquisitions uh, mentioned for like debut authors and it's announced, but this one was announced like to big fanfare. Like I found out through an email from Waterstones and it's a big publishing event, like very much so announcing it this far out is very much a normal for a book like this. They're like, remember, set up momentum, like to get momentum and yeah. interest and like a, yeah, like, like a reverse junket type thing to, to leading up to, um, to the book. I'm just, yeah, that was, I'm just curious about, about that. Yeah, That's no, cool. no, it's, it's interesting to talk about cause um. It was quite funny on the blog the other day, we had a comment from someone who was on the, it was about the seat, the next Nevermore book, Silverborn. And they were like, I'm really looking forward to this, but I'm so disappointed. Why is they have they, why have they pushed publication out so far? And why are they announcing it now? And people just don't know, you know, that like, there's still, you still need time to build up momentum and, but also make sure that the book is, you know, suitable for public consumption. But yeah, people just don't know. Publishing's a weird, wonderful world. <laughs> The, is the lesson of this of this story. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> All right. Um, I think that is enough on the miniaturist. We've, uh, I think we've <laughs> definitely exhausted that topic. So let's move on to what we've been reading and loving. Uh, Hannah, do you want to kick us off? Yeah. So I 
my lockdown reading has kind of had some like like peaks and valleys so in the first week of lockdown I literally didn't pick up a book I couldn't be bothered I didn't want to I didn't want to deal with it I just wanted to like be horizontal at all times and like watch drag race but now I've kind of never like I feel like I have never gone through this many books at such a high rate like in my life so lockdown's been good for reading definitely um, at the moment, I'm reading a book called Love and Virtue by Diana Reed, and it's a debut novel. Um, and it's not usually the sort of thing that I would pick up. Um, it's a contemporary book set in Sydney, um, and it's about an 18-year-old girl named Michaela who uh, goes to, to like a, a fictional university in Sydney um, that bears strong resemblance to another uh, university in Sydney but I don't think they could uh, name it for legal reasons um, <laughs> and she ends up meeting this girl named Eve and the two strike up this really intense friendship um, and the what do you mean intense only... well yeah <laughs> that's the thing so <laughs> at the moment I'm ha I'm halfway through um, there is this sort of like competitive tension between the two of them but there's also this kind of like romantic sexual edge to the relationship as well so you're never really sure if it's going to go that way fully um, and at the very beginning of the novel Michaela says um, she's kind of looking back on her time at uni and she's talking about how Eve is now this like mega influencer and people always ask her like oh my god you know Eve blah 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 like what's that like? Like, what was she like? And she says that she hate, like hates her. So obviously something's happened that's kind of broken the two of them apart in some way. So I'm kind of waiting for like the big uh, betrayal. But at the moment, it's kind of, it's, it's such a well-written book. I like, I literally, I just, I just started reading the first page and then I looked up and I was 50 pages in and I just didn't want to stop. So the writing is incredibly sophisticated for a debut um and the like the things it's dealing with are quite heavy but it's done in like a really realistic matter-of-fact way so it's kind of dealing with like issues of consent and power um Michaela also gets wrapped up in like this relationship with one of her professors so scandal very scandal <laughs> Very um, great lockdown very reading. I'm not gonna lie, like that sounds really yeah. compared to my next books. Sorry, it's so really fun. No, it's really fun, and it's not the sort of thing I would usually read. As I said, like I like contemporary, but I don't like kind of heavy literary contemporary. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah but it's enough. um, it's amazing. I think Liv, I think you would enjoy it for sure. It's, I picked this up like a few weeks ago and I've been meaning to get back to it, but then I kept getting distracted by other books, <laughs> um, which is really bad, but it is next on my It's list. a good problem to have, Liv. It really is. And I should be grateful that I have all this extra time. Yeah. Don't feel guilty about it. That's, that's what I tried to, I tried to tell myself, like, if I'm not reading, like I, like I think I should be, I'm always like, don't, don't feel guilty about not reading if you don't feel like it. Cause then it's going to feel like a chore. So yeah, I'm only picking up books that really grab me and that I really want to read. So that's pretty much all I have to say about Love and Virtue. Um, I'm really into it. So I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs>
Please do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other book that I want to talk about literally could not be more different. Um, and it's, <laughs> it's this book. You already know what I'm going to talk about because I, I, I like, have told everybody, I've told everybody how much I love it. Um, the book is called Dark Rise and it's by an author called C.S. Picat. And C.S. Picat wrote this book trilogy um, ages ago. I think it was like five years ago or something. Um, and I read it and really, 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 really loved it. I cannot express how much I love that series. Um, so when I heard that the author was coming out with this new book series, it's a YA fantasy, the first book in the series. Um, and basically like Aiden, I think you're going to really enjoy it because it has a lot of the elements that are like really up your alley. Um, it's set in 19th century London, except it's like an alternative version of London where there are these forces of light and darkness that have been locked in this like centuries old battle. Um, the main character's name is Will. He's a 16 year old dock worker. And at the very beginning of the book, we kind of find Will on the run after his mother was murdered um, and he's being chased by these men and he has no idea why she was murdered. Um, but his mother's servant catches up with him one night and he tells Will, the only way you're going to be safe is if you go and find this um, like a secret ancient society called the stewards and the stewards um, have lived for centuries. Um, they're not immortal, but like passing down from generation to generation, this like kind of noble task where they have to prevent this dark king from rising. Um, and if the dark king rises, then he will, of course, destroy the entire world um, and yeah, just wreak havoc and destruction. So Will goes and it's, it's all about his kind of adventure to find, firstly find the stewards and then to kind of learn about what his role in this like coming battle is going to be and kind of uncover the mystery of what happened to his mother and how he's connected to this whole thing and why that's significant. Um, there's also a few other characters that kind of become embroiled. Um, and the cool thing about this story is it's like, people can be, it's, it's kind of hard to describe it, people can be reborn um, as in like they were once part of this battle centuries ago and then they were killed for the purpose of rising again in someone born in that gener in this new generation so that they can then join the fight. I love it so much. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I haven't stopped thinking about it. So um, it's a really big book. It. It's so good. Um, I yeah, it's it, it's like 500 pages or something, but it never feels like it's bogged down with like world building or anything like that. It's really well done. Um, and the thing that I love about C.S. Picard's writing is the characters and the relationships that they have with each other. There's like so much tension, and they have so much chemistry. And I just like you just like it's the kind of book where you just reread certain bits like over and over again because it's so satisfying. Um, yeah, it was it. I had really high expectations for this one and I like was surprised. I, I didn't expect them to be met, but I was surprised at how much I like absolutely love it. It's out in October. Um, so now actually no end of September, I think. So now not only do we have to wait for the first one to actually be released, but then we have to wait like another year for the second one. So that's pretty depressing, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I loved it. For anyone who um, enjoys like YA fantasy, it's, it was amazing. I loved it. Hannah, I totally thought you were going to talk about um, Any Way the Wind Blows. So and then you were like, The Dark oh. Rise. And I was like, oh, that's right. You were talking about that too. I thought that too. Oh, my God. That actually, I feel like I've kind of betrayed 
because I, I probably would have talked about that if I hadn't have read this book because I was so excited. So like anywhere the wind blows is the, and I, I have read that recently, but I don't want to like take up too much of your time. Um, but that was also amazing. <laughs> and like, I feel, yeah, I just feel like this year, like there's all these books that are coming out that are like either by authors that I am obsessed with or like kind of the next in series that I'm obsessed with. So this is a really good time to be a reader. And lockdown yeah, is a really good really time good. to read them all. Yeah, I agree. I'm just like grateful I got to take home all of the proofs that I wanted to before lockdown hit. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been I've just been begging people to send me them to my home now. I'm like just, yeah. I don't even care if I'm not going to read them. I just want them to be with me. <laughs> In your time of need. I feel that. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's all from me. Oh, thank you, Hannah. They are some amazing recommendations there. I really want to read The Dark Rise. The Dark Rise? It's just that Dark Rise. Yeah, Dark, dark Rise. rise. Like, <laughs> it's just got dark that rise. Timothy Chalamet. I recommend it enough. Yeah, he does look like Timothy Chalamet. That is so true. Yeah. yeah um, oh, it's just so exciting. Yeah, I, I could like I could keep talking about this. So someone, someone please talk about it. I'm going to cut you off. <laughs> Right, that's enough of that. Mute for the Thank rest you. of the That's enough. I'll just leave. Alright. Zia, what have you got for us? Um, yes. Thanks, Hannah. That's a tough act to follow. Um, look, I it takes me a little bit longer to, to um, read books and um, this, this is not a really different time. I have finished up um, A Paragon, which I spoke about last time, and in the meantime, I read two other books. Um, one of them was Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck. This is, I'm showing everybody here that, that can, that are on video. Um, this was recommended to me by my networking group, um, which is my executive assistant um, network group. And it is, it, it is actually, um, it, it's very good, to, especially during lockdown, is when to, to set your mindset up for success. It, um, it shows you and it tells you strategies on how to um change your mindset for success, but also for leadership and all those kind of things. And it shows case studies and it just reiterates the messaging. So by the end of the book, it has really good graphs and charts. If this is something that interests you about um, uh, elevating your mindset to, uh, to be a more effective and successful leader. Um, I would say if you don't get through the book, you can probably go to page 222 and it's summarized there, really. Um, so that's a, a good trick. I, I would say that this was a good book and it aligns with a lot of the rhetoric that is out these days, but it's quite informative. And I think if you are in that self-growth um, journey, it's probably a good one to, to um, go go across to actually read you might be able to you don't might not have to read it from the beginning to the end because it's not actually a story but you can pick up on the chapters so that's really good um yeah so that's the one i was reading with a paragon and another one that actually got passed to me by tony our ceo um he interviewed tina tower um, on his podcast, and he passed me this um, her book, which is a really, really interesting concept. Is how to turn your expertise into a digital online course. So, for example, if you are an executive assistant, and I have have a uh, uh, you know I'm ex I have experience, and I would say I could uh, I have developed. Um, 
my learnings that I could share with someone who wants to become an executive assistant, for example. This is a, literally a step-by-step book on how to um, transform your knowledge and transform it to put it onto an online course to make it a business, really. And it, it's, it's actually, it's really interesting concept because it could be like a side hustle or a side gig or something that you can bridge over to, um, to do. It's, it's really cool. Um, and it's about tutoring and sharing your knowledge. And, and look, I'm not very far into it, to be honest. I'm just reading and um, the, the first couple of chapters. It's, and it's now about sort of creating your vision, putting it down and, and documenting that. And then eventually the, 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 the lessons or the tasks that you need, the process that you need to go through to building your community, building your brand, your voice and the content and all that kind of stuff and what you would need to do to make that available online. So because it's probably the digital transformation age where, you know, you're not really in a classroom and I think the last 18 months would be a testament to that. So, and um, it's to, you know, probably break free, change, break free of your, of your role, but um, using your knowledge and experience um, to and just sort of step that next step up or pivot to something different. It's a really interesting concept. I'm really enjoying that. So yeah, that's, uh, that's the two others. However, I will say it is not usually the kind of, those are not the two books, the kind of uh, books I would read. I'm now going, yep, I, I think I'm going to put those to the side and I'm, I don't know, I might pick up Anna Karenina or Crime and Punishment or something like that. I don't know. Um, something light. Something light. <laughs> oh, and which is really my, my jam, right? I, I read the weirdest, heaviest books, but um, um, I think I'm now, I think I've self-improved enough in the last, uh, you know, eight <laughs> weeks. And uh, I'm a better version of myself and I'm ready now to uh, dive in into my vices, which is, uh, yeah, really, maybe war and peace. I don't know, guys. I'm still trying to read that. You're going to tempt me because last year, like, I was still doing uni and I still had, like, my dissertation to write and I was like, oh, this would be a really good time to read one of those chunky books that I've been putting off because it took me, like, seven years to read Anna Karenina or something ridiculous. Um, But I was like, oh, I really liked the War and Peace miniseries and I always wanted to read it. Um, <laughs> like I'm obsessed with all things War and Peace that actually aren't the book. Like, there's, there's a stage exactly. show and there's like a, a TV show and I think that there's even a movie with Audrey Hepburn. Either way, I've never heard the book. I always get to, probably, look, it's a huge book and I've been trying <laughs> probably at the age of 17 and I'm 38. So that's a long time to finish it. <laughs> and it's sometimes where I'm into the whole society, the gossip, the Russian society, mm. you know, all of that. And then it goes straight to, to the war, you know, and, and, and that kind of military yeah. historic, which both of those are my gems, but I could never, I'm never in the mood for both at the same time. So what I see myself doing is I'll skip through and I'll go because <laughs> it, 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 they alternate. Yeah. I don't know what it is, a thousand pages in. I've never gotten to that part, but I always just lose interest because I'm like, oh my God, okay, I've, I've tried. Maybe it is now <laughs> time, but I'm, I'm feeling that sort of urge bubbling up that I, I kind of need something a bit more classic and a little bit more heavy. Maybe I'll read Sons and Lovers again. That book was just did my head in and maybe I'll do that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'm a sucker for punishment right now. I don't know. Well, <laughs> then I suggest Crime and Punishment. <laughs> You know what? I actually love that book. And, um, you know, it's, it's so good. And the story and, and it's exciting. And it, I don't know. And it also, I find it like it's a really raw depiction about the 
crappiness of humans and how, you know, crappy they could be like, and he's in it. And I just love it. I just think it's a, it's an awesome, it's an awesome book, heavy to read, but really good story. Well, I'm sure we'll hear all about at least one of the Russian giants next time you're on the podcast. One of them. <laughs> Maybe I'll come back and tell you guys I actually read them in Russian and now I'm fluent. Who knows? We might be in lockdown that long. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Leah. And lucky last, we have Eden. What have you brought for us today, Eden? What have you been Hello. reading and loving? All right. <laughs> um, I feel like I should have like a premise to mine, as I always do. So last time I was on here, I was reading really weird alien YA, but I've transitioned, and which is probably relatable. We're all in like a heightened state of anxiety. And I am like the go-to person for my family and friendship groups on all things COVID and updates. And so I decided I would go down a kind of like Studio Ghibli rabbit hole and just binge everything on Netflix. So think of that, it's been good. And I wanted my reading to kind of like reflect that. So it's just very comforting reads, kind of like a warm, a big warm hug. Um, so I read, and this is a new release, so it's kind of like, thrown on me but at the same time I wanted to read it I picked up um Six Crimson Crane by Elizabeth Slim none of you can see it except for the people on this call um and I had read her before she she wrote in the dawn the duology which has been on my like TBR for the longest time and I automatically purchased it once I finished this book because this was amazing like it was this sweeping fairy tale retelling of the six one by the brothers Grimm, and it's set in an east asian inspired fantasy world um and like there's so many parts of the story that i don't want to get too deep into it all i will say is that if you're looking to get into kind of like high fantasy in ya and you want a very like soft understated romance and something more action and journey based Say if you just finished Realm Breaker by Victoria Aviad and you want something a little bit more, yeah, like understated, I would jump into this. It's it's um it's a, more of a family tale than anything else, like the six one fairy tale. Um, you have Shiori, our main character, and she has six brothers, and they are the princes and princesses of this beautiful place. Um, and of course, there's an evil enchantress who comes in, and she's their stepmother things are uncovered and they are cursed and her brothers turn into like actual cranes like not like the crane like a construction crane like a bird a bird <laughs> <laughs> um and she also gets stuck with like a wooden bowl on her head it's very weird it's like so no one can know who she is and and realize it's her and then they're like sent away to this other town um and she just goes through all this peril um but through it you know she makes friends and she gets to the end and it's actually set up to be i think it's a trilogy so you know you've got an open-ended thing at the end and the plot twist itself was so good because i didn't see it coming which is something i've been doing more as of late with why fantasies where i'm like this is so predictable this was not um and above all i just think it was very atmospheric it was very cozy it was very cottagecore aesthetic so if you're into anything like that you really like it. Um, and then the only other thing I've been reading is World Graphic Novels. And they're hit or miss for me. Like Giant Days is one of my favorite graphic novel series ever. And if you haven't picked it up and you want something just from like uni college life and a group of girls just living their life together, 
definitely check that out. But I picked up um, Lightfall, The Girl and the Goldurian. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but it's by Tim Probert and um, very much in the same vein of all of that. It's very cottagecore, very cozy, and it's about this girl and this little dude. Like, I don't even, I don't, I don't know what animal to compare this to. Um, so it's not an alien. <laughs> it's just, it's some giant form thing. <laughs> anyway, they go on a journey. Her grandfather is a pig. She's not a pig. She's a human. She was adopted. Um, <laughs> and he goes missing and they need to find him. And it has to do with the end of the world. And it's, it's another adventure story. They're just things that kind of take me out of my current zone and make me feel better. And I'm altering the road trip by Beth O'Leary, but I won't go there because I don't read much romance and I don't have a lot of comments on it, but I know Hannah's read it. <laughs> I'm excited to hear your thoughts on that one, actually. I'm like a quarter way through and I think, like, I've read The Flat Share and I think I like it more than that. It's really, mm. it's really cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely keen to pick up um, Six Crimson Cranes. That sounds awesome. Really yeah, like I remember it. that and I was like, oh, that sounds good. Yeah. And it's just one of those ones that, like, I know I want to read but we'll never get around to, but maybe I will. Thank you, Eden. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. They're all stellar recommendations, as per usual. I would expect nothing less from you guys. Um, but that does bring us to the end of our What We've Been Reading and Loving segment and on to our Book Fight segment. It is time for Book Fight, our weekly book trivia quiz. Did I you tell us you're reading? Me? Yeah. I don't, I'm just the host. I don't tell you what I'm reading. I can. Oh. I'm always interested to hear what you're reading. Ben asked me this last week too. It's, it makes me feel fuzzy. I am reading Why It Is For Witching by Helen Ayayami, um, a beautiful addition to the creepy haunted house genre. Um, I didn't realise it was actually kind of a horror novel until I started reading and then got really creeped out. Um, but Helena Yamey, I love her. She also wrote Gingerbread um, and Mr. Fox. Um, but if you've never read anything by her, I really recommend it because she is just a stunning writer. I'm also reading Harlem Shuffle by Colson Whitehead. I'm really enjoying it. Um, he wrote The Underground Railroad. Um, and this book is more about like, it's set in Black Harlem in the 60s um, and it's with set um, it follows this furniture store owner who was black and he's trying to make it um, on the good side, but he's also a bit of a crook at the same time. So it's about these two sides of him uh, fighting for, for prominence and like, how can you succeed as a black man in the 60s? Uh, very good. I love Colson Whitehead. But yeah, that's what I'm reading. No one cares about me. I'm just the host. <laughs> I, I, I write I down every time you say a book and I'm just like, yeah, on my list. Yeah, I I'll love send following you. you um, I love following you on Goodreads now because, like, everything that you say you're reading, I'm like, oh, want to read. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm scared of people in the industry actually seeing my Goodreads, but <laughs> if I work with you, it's fine. Yeah. Alrighty. Now let's go back to book fight. You guys are getting away from book fight, okay? You can't distract me, <laughs> making me talk about <laughs> fight have we come to uh has has anything changed that you know there's a few questions that are a little bit pop culture-y because i suck oh um i haven't really got any pop culture i mean i have one that's one, fine i one. promise i won't cheat on google 
Oh. <laughs> I, I trust you. I trust you. Her face was not. Can I please have your buzzwords? How do I trust you? I'm, I'm like frantically looking around my room. <laughs> love. <laughs> love is in the title of one of my books, so I will say love. Fair enough. Zia, what's your word? Virtue. Oh. <laughs> Eden, what's your word? Seductively looked at Hannah. That was me seductively um, looking at you. It with was. That. I, yeah, you know, I don't know that that uh, I it thought was. that matched the, your your book uh, theming, so thought I'd run with it. Stop but it! I've, I've I've gone red. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not going to do that because I can't think of anything. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do USC. <laughs> USC. USC. Okay, like a USC. No. Okay. Right, let's do this. This is going to be a wild session of book fight, you guys. All right, question one. Let's see how well you guys were listening during our book news segment. Um, over the weekend, British author Jesse Burton announced that a sequel to The Miniaturist is being published next year. What is the title of the sequel? I can't remember. <laughs> Wait. USB. Yes, Eden? It, it sorry, I know I'm pretty sure it's House of some something. Is it? Mm -hmm. It's House of something, but I'm gonna need a bit more. It All starts right. with F. I put my hand back down. Fortune. <laughs> you know what? There's like two people got the correct answer. The answer is the House of Fortune. So I'm gonna give <laughs> one point to Zia in Eden because that's good enough for me. I love it. <laughs> Hannah, you can complain later. <laughs> I'm really disappointed in myself, first and foremost. <laughs> I'm sorry, I won't, I won't butt in. No, 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 oh, it's fine. No. <laughs> always fine. I just want someone to get the answer because I always get told my questions are too hard. And yet does that make me change my behaviour every week when I'm writing questions? No, it does not. No, you do you, Liz. <laughs> you be you. Question two is one that you can just totally guess because I'm not expecting anyone to actually know the answer. Uh, but question two, how many cookbooks has Nigella Lawson published? Virtue. Love. I heard Zia first. I'm going to go with 14. Ooh, you are incorrect. The answer is lower. Uh, mm. I did hear Hannah. Yes, Hannah. Yeah. Is it 12? No. Mm. Virtue. Oh. <laughs> Zia? Eight. You are correct. She has written eight cookbooks. And I did it. To her I love her. Um, yeah. She, 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 really get your voice. she has such a mm -hmm. calming, soothing voice. Yeah. Very relaxing. I recently read her um, interview in The New Yorker, like Helen Rosner interviewed her, and it's just, she's so smart and also just like clued into like the state of the world and what people like want from her and just, oh, I love her. Have you seen oh, her show? Sorry. She has her, mm -hmm. her like actual office space is her office space is like gold. Like if you see her bookshelves, oh my god. <laughs> what a queen. We love her. Nigella if you're listening we love you. Please come visit us. Holy Jesus. I just googled that. Holy Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll put a we'll put a link to an image in the description box so you can all gawk along with us. <laughs> right, question three: True or false? 
In case of fire, the Danish author Hans Christian Andersen always brought an emergency coil of rope whenever he went to stay in a hotel. Is that true or false? Love. Yes, false. Hannah. You are incorrect. It's true. Mm. Oh. That <laughs> sounds like outrageously true. I know. That is bizarre. Did he write The Snow Queen? I th yeah. I'm pretty sure that was him. Mm. Yeah, he was a bit kooky. Yeah. Yeah, he would have had, he had some issues. Your writing. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. But compared to some of the other like weird facts that I saw when I was like looking up this question of other authors, he was mm -hmm. relatively normal. <laughs> right. Question four. Which of these is not a short story written by Edgar Allan Poe? The Pit and the Pendulum, The Lottery, and The Fall of the House of Usher. Love. Yes, Hannah? Is it, is it The Lottery? You're correct. The Lottery is actually yeah. a short story by Shirley Jackson. It sure is, and that scarred a lot of us when we had to study it in high school. <laughs> I'm, I think <laughs> when it was first published in the New Yorker, it got like the most, the highest number of like complaints and reader responses that the magazine had ever had. I think when it was published wow. in 1928. Yeah. Creepy stuff. I love Shirley Jackson though. Right. Question five. Which member of the royal family announced that they are writing a memoir? Love. Anna? It's Prince Harry. It is Prince Harry, Duke of Sussex. I love him. Sometimes he makes it hard to love him. Yeah. I still am rooting for him and Meghan. Like, I think... I while I do want their story, like I agree with their life's choices, I do not, I'm not, all of that is fine. I just, for me, it, the, the, like, you're 30 something memoirs already, like, yeah. you know, like, I think it's a bit premature. So I'm thinking, is this a monetary thing? Is this to, hey, I need to, I've been cut off. I need to, mm. you know, create my, my empire with my partner, like very American capitalist, mm. let's build our brand type stuff. Well, they got cut off. They need to make money. I know, I know. We're not going to see Harry packing bags at Tesco anytime soon, are we? Well, you know, I'd like to. I think that would be really real and relatable. But, uh, you know, I, I just think that I would have rather that a memoir is written authentically after something quite significant or a significant life or contribution. I'm not saying that he hasn't done that. It's an extraordinary yeah. life that he has led. But like Barack Obama or, you know, <laughs> you know, writing their memoirs, Michelle writing their memoirs, you know, I just think it's a bit premature. And I would say that the intention is maybe not as genuine or, 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 or authentic as it should be. Like, I would like to share my story after, you know, like Patrick Stewart writing his memoirs, for example, you know, different. Um, I just think it's, it's not enough for you. Yeah, exactly. I wonder what's going to be in it. I wonder but if he's going to spill some juicy royalty. Shit. <laughs> some juicy stuff. No doubt Scott Whitmont, our resident royal expert, will be on the blog with a review or at least oh. on the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely he will. Right, question six. We have three questions left. So as the scores are so as the scores are nice one Liv. Uh, the scores currently stand at uh, Eden is on one point and Z Hannah and Zia are both on two. So this is a good round of book fight for me. People are actually getting the questions. <laughs> All right, question six. 
What is the name of the last book in Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff's sci-fi YA trilogy, The Aurora Cycle? Love. Hannah? Is it Aurora Rising? No, that's the name of the first book. Look <laughs> oh, for the last one. Eden? Is it Aurora N? Aurora's oh, End, yes. I should know this. Aurora's End. <laughs> That would be embarrassing. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, we all, we all make embarrassing mistakes. Yeah. I remember we were all, that we had like, well, you probably got confused, Eden, because you, me, and Sarah had that group chat where we were like throwing out suggestions yeah. of what the last book would be. <laughs> we can't none of like us were correct. <laughs> yeah, Aurora yeah, none <laughs> declining. <laughs> Aurora in lockdown. Right, question seven. For two points. Uh, Madeline Miller has written two novels that retell famous Greek myths. What are they called? Love, 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 love. Hannah. <laughs> it's the Song of Achilles and Circe. I don't know how to pronounce You it. are correct. That's two points for Hannah. Very good uh, book. I believe I one of them is going nuts on TikTok at the moment. Or it was. Yeah, they both. Yeah, the Song of Achilles is ridiculous. People are loving that book. Yeah. I remember going, it's like, I was book. just at my local bookstore in Cronulla and I picked it up and I'm like, oh, I've never read this. I'll probably, I should probably, like, buy it. I never see it in the shops. So I'm going to go buy it. And the guy behind the counter was like, oh, are you buying this because of TikTok? And I'm like, no, I don't have TikTok. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I didn't say that, but that's what I was thinking. And it was like, oh, yeah, everyone, all the all the teens are asking for it. And I think some one of them told me it was because of TikTok. And I was like, I've been you know, part of a trend and I didn't even know it. Side note, Liv. Being mistaken for a teen, though, when you get to my oh, age, yeah. is totally like I. When I get asked for ID at bars, I go, "Oh my god, sweetheart, thank you," and they just get really excited. <laughs> so I'd be like, "Yes, that TikTok that the yeah. cool kids are talking about—that's exactly what I'm here for." <laughs> yeah. The TikTok. You're right. Yeah. That's that should be my more charitable. Right, the last question. Um, it is worth a potential two points. Um, I'm going to read some facts about an author, and the first person to name the author gets the point. You get two if you can name the author before I reveal the name of their first novel. Are we all clear? Yeah. Who am I? I am a famous writer of adult and young adult novels. I was born on the 24th of February in 1973 in Nebraska in the United States. Uh, I now live in Omaha with my husband and two sons. Love. I, Hannah. Is it Rainbow Rowell? You're correct. It is Rainbow Rowell. Ah! <laughs> I was, when I was gathering I these facts, I'm like, are you generic? But then I forgot that mega fan Hannah Armstrong is on the call. <laughs> Probably she's, a yeah. <laughs> yeah. she's a fan of everything. Um, the only reason I know that is because she always says that she always puts Nebraska in her books. Oh, ah, yeah, So there's always someone who's from Nebraska, even in the Carry On trilogy, which is set in London, they still went to Nebraska. <laughs> of course they did. Because <laughs> that's the place to be, guys. Apparently. Look, yeah. Anywhere that's not my house right now sounds great. <laughs> No, seriously, Google Nebraska. I it's where Penny, that. That's where Penny is from in the Big Bang Theory. That's me with wow. my pop culture. 
Oh, there you go. Apparently, that was the question. But as it stands, the winner of Book Fight is Hannah with six points. Congratulations, Hannah. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. <laughs> do, do the regal wave. Oh, yeah. Hi. You're, You're welcome. Regal <laughs> wave from a bunch of queens. All right, that is all we have time for this week. If you've stuck around after this hour of madness, thank you. Um, but also thank you to Hannah, Zia and Eden for joining me today on the Weekend Booktopian. Um, it's always a pleasure thank to have you, you back on. Thanks, Liz. Thanks for hosting. It was a ball. I've had to host two weeks in a row. Nick is going to get my wrath after this. Wrath? 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 wrath. <laughs> Nick is going to get my mads. All right. <laughs> The Weekend Booktopian is produced by Nick Wasiliev, and you can find more episodes of this show as well as other fun podcasts on our SoundCloud and Apple podcast channels, including our most recent interview with Kyle Perry, who's the author of The Bluffs and The Deep. Um, you can also find more fun bookish content on our blog, The Booktopian, um, including reviews of books by Quentin Tarantino and Catherine Braben, um, along with a Q&A with Holly Ransom, and much, much more. Thank you for listening, and as always, never stop reading. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or, if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia. Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au